are standing here only because he made a way. Amen. Here begins the reading of God's word. I'll be reading from the King James Version, and then I'll also read the interpretation from the Message Bible. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Amen. Here begins the reading of God's word. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. I'll read that again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Now I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Then we're going to read a little different. But it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you. We thank you for this time. As we seek your face, God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us, Lord God. As we've had a wonderful time in worship and celebrating the victory that you've given us, oh God, through your dear son, Jesus Christ, that we're being crucified on the cross, being buried and resurrected on the third day, we celebrate the freedom that we have in you this morning. But Father, even as we go before your word today, open up our hearts, open up our ears, that we might receive from you, Lord God. We want to hear what thus saith the Lord. And Father, even as our faces differ, so does our needs this morning. So would you speak to us now, Lord? Would you give us a right now word that speaks to our circumstance? That we will not leave this place the same way we came. In the precious name of Jesus. So I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to speak with you this morning, amen, briefly from the subject title, Vision. Vision. And if I had a subtopic, it would be called Seeing is Believing. Vision. Seeing is Believing. As I had a couple of weeks off and seeking the Lord in prayer, you know, there's times when you go through things in your life where you have to kind of take a step back and look at your life. And you have to kind of do self-introspection, or I call it self-inventory. You have to look to see, okay, God, what's happening in my life? What, what is it that you want to do in my life? And so as I begin to, to do that over these last few weeks, Pastor Vernon and I, we begin to ask God to reveal and renew the vision that he gave to us. And sometimes, you know, with the cares of life, with problems, with issues, with circumstances, with situations, you can easily get detoured from the vision, from the dream that God has put in your heart. I don't know if you can uh, 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 testify to that today, but life will throw you some curveballs, you know. Life will, will, will shift suddenly. There will be problems. There will be issues. There will be circumstances that will arise outside of your control. And often these things come as barriers to stop the vision that God has put before you. 
And so as I was, was, was praying, even as what to share today, the Holy Spirit just began to remind me of vision. We, 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 we came into 2016 declaring that this was our year. As a matter of fact, we declared that this was our sweet 2016. So if you hear that term sweet 16, we just mean that this year is going to be a sweet year. This is going to be a, a, a blessed year that we're going to see God do bountiful and, 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 and great things in our lives. But you need a vision to see the thing that God has for you. And so as I was praying about vision the Lord just began to say, this is the time for you to refocus yourself. And so while we were away, it was time for our annual eyeglass checkup to get our eyeglasses. I mean, you know, you wear glasses every year. You go and get your eyes checked. So my wife said, honey, I want to go and get my eyes checked out because my lenses got scratched and I want to get some new glasses. So I said, well, you go. I'll go with you to get glasses, but it ain't my time to get no glasses yet. I'm fine with the glasses I have. I can see perfectly fine with my glasses. But I said, I'll go with you, being a supportive husband, and I am. Ben, you go with your wives. You endure the trip to the mall, because you know, before you get to the eyeglass shop, there are like 20 other stores before you get there. You know, so you just have to kind of plan it out, because you know, it's going, oh, look at these, oh, it's a sale, it's this and this. And then about an hour later, you finally make it to the eyeglass shop, and all the men say, amen. And so I said, honey, I'll go with you to the eyeglass shop. And so we get to the eyeglass shop, and I say, hey, my wife is here, you know, for some new glasses, you know, to, to replace her lenses. And so they said, let me check on the system. And it said, um, Mrs. Shadwick, um, you're not up for new lenses just yet. Um, you have to wait till August. But Mr. Shadwick, um, you're eligible now to go to the eye doctor. Well, I'm like, well, I didn't come in to go to the eye doctor. I came in for my wife. She, my glasses are fine. So I said, well, Mr. Shadwick, you know, since this is your time, your insurance, you know, we're, we're, we're paid for the exam. Do you just want to go ahead and just get your eyes checked out? So I'm like, sure. I mean, it ain't going to be no difference. I mean, I can see perfectly fine. I'm, I'm fine. So just say, okay, Michelle, go in. So the ophthalmologist comes. He says, come on, Mr. Shadwick. And he puts my eyes, and he starts with, hmm. I'm like, oh, Lord, what does hmm mean? And you know, hmm, you, everything's not going through. I'm like, come on, have cataracts. What's wrong with me? Why are you doing that? And he began to say, your, your eyes have shifted within the last year. I said, no, 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 my eyes are fine. I can see perfectly fine. Everything is fine. He said, he said check this lens out. So he began to flip the lens, and I'm like, oh, snap. I can't see that. He said, read that. I was like, I can't read that. He said, can you read it now? I said, yeah, I can read that. He said, yeah, because your eyes have shifted within the last year. I had no clue that my vision had shifted within a year. So long story short, I walk out with a new pair of glasses that I didn't expect to get because I was just going with my wife to get her new pair of glasses. But there was a spiritual story that God began to show me. And he said, you know, sometimes you can say, I have vision. I know where I want to go. But sometimes it can get blurry over time because your vision shifts and you don't even realize it. And when God was speaking to me, he said, Arthur, your vision has shifted. And so I need to put you back in alignment so you can see crystal clear. I mean, when I put the new glasses on, man, I felt like I had bionic eyes. I felt like, do, 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 do. I mean, I, I mean, I was just like, whoa. I mean, it was so, it was so much that I felt that my lens in my eyes going back and forth, adjusting to these new glasses. And I never had that experience before, not, not for years. 
And so what God began to speak to me is about vision and, and, and about how we need to sharpen our vision and how we need to be visionaries in this season. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to have wishful thinking to say, hey, this is what I want to do. Hey, this is what I want for my life. This is my career. This is my business goal. This is my educational goal. But it's another thing to truly have a vision that God has given you to walk out in your life. How many know that God has called us to be visionaries today? If you're a child of God, he doesn't want you living in the here and now. He wants you to live in the future. He has a dream for you. He has a purpose for you. As a matter of fact, I was going to name my message back to the future. Because sometimes we have to get back to the future, back to the thing that God has promised us. So we can live on purpose. We get so caught up in the here and now that we forget the bright future that God's word said that he has for us. And so I just want to come this morning just to give you a little encouragement and just share some thoughts as it pertains to having vision this morning. Remember, seeing is believing. I know faith comes by hearing by the word of God. And, and I know the Bible says we walk by faith and, and not by sight. But the sight that you walk by is your faith sight. Your faith sight is tied into the vision that God has for you. It's tied into the promise that God has for you. And if you cannot see God's vision on the promise that he has for your life, you don't have no faith. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I want to give you a little faith pill this morning to help you to stay on track. We start out with 2016. We said we're going to do A, B, and C. Some of us have made our New Year's re re revolutions. Revolutions. Resolutions. We shouldn't have a revolution. But resolutions. And so we started out this year and said, we're going to do this. Someone said, we're going to lose 10 pounds. Someone said, we're going to get this job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then by February, March, it's fizzled out. And then by the time now we're in the month of July. Can you believe we're in the month of July? Time has flown by. What have we done to accomplish the things that we believe God in January? What have we done? What have we set out to do in terms of the vision that God has given us for 2016. Some people, I've heard some great stories, but others are still, are still waiting. But let me tell you something. You have to have a vision for your life. You can't just live life haphazardly. They say, well, I just wake up. I'm just going to do whatever. No, you have to have a drive. That has to have, you have to have passion inside of your heart for what you believe God has put in your life, in your heart to do. Vision is the source of hope and life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. When you close your eyes, when you dream, what do you, where do you see your life going? Sometimes we define ourselves by our current situations and we create a prison for ourselves and we're stuck on the road of life. Some of us have a spiritual flat tire. And everybody is passing us by, and we just stand there, woe is me, feeling sorry for ourselves. God wants us to push past those things. How do you push past being stuck? Get some vision. Ask God to, 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 to renew the vision that he has for your life. What is your plan? What is your purpose for my life? It's easy to get distracted in this world. Well, all the things that are happening right now. In our world, if you just turn the news and watch five minutes, I guarantee you'll be depressed. 
It's like there's no, all the news is just bad news. There's no good news anymore. And so you could just be inundated with so much pressure from the workplace, from school, from relationships, from home, and just be inundated with so much pressures that you just feel overwhelmed. And so what happens is you begin to take your eyes off the dream, off the vision that God has for you, and you begin to give all your attention to the here and the now. But God wants us to see beyond the here and the now today. He wants to renew your vision today. Why did you wake up this morning? Why did God allow you of all people to wake up this morning? Some people didn't wake up. I'm getting alerts all over my Apple Watch. This person died. This cop got shot. Someone just got shot in South Hackensack last night in the back of the head. Why did God allow you to make it? Could it be there's a purpose? There's a vision? There's a dream that he has for your life? God wants you to get vision today. He wants you to see the bright future that he has for you. Vision sets you free from limitations. The limitations that try to hold you back. The limitations that, 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 that try to, to keep you from advancing in life. When you have vision, you could see beyond the limitations. Vision is not bound to your reality right now. But vision speaks about the possibility of the future. A visionary is one who is given to dreaming or imagining, one who sees visions, one whose idea or projects are impractical. The vision that God gives us at times baffles us sometimes. The vision that God gives us sometimes, it's something that we can accomplish by ourselves. But God told me to plant a church. I said, ha, ha, ha. Oh, God, that's a good one. That's a good joke, Jesus. <laughs> not, not me, Lord. Not me. I was born with a speech impediment. I stuttered all the way through the fifth grade. Not, not, not Arthur. No, not me. I want you to start a ministry. But, Lord, I just got married. Um, I don't know about that, Jesus. I, just got, I want to enjoy my wife. I, I, I want to be married. But I want you to start a ministry. And God just began to put that in my spirit. And I fought God tooth and nail. I said, God, I'm in my 20s. I can do that church stuff, that ministry stuff when I'm older. I will enjoy my life. And that's how some of us know. God is called to do something. I want to enjoy my life. I want to do what I want to do. But I mean, your hands are too short to box for God. So after hitting the air a couple times, I got tired. And I said, okay, Lord, I surrender, and I will do your will. What, what, what stopped me was because what God showed me was so beyond me. I could never see myself pastoring a church. I could never see myself. I'm like, me? Not me. Maybe the per that person over there, maybe he could. Pastor Edgar, yeah, Pastor Edgar, he can do that. But not Arthur. No, 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 I'm not qualified. I can't see myself doing that. But often God will give you a vision that seems impractical. You know why? Because he wants you to depend on him to get it done. And some of you are stuck right now because you've been trying to do it by yourself. You're going after this job. You're going after this dream. You're trying to build your life. But you don't, you, you're not inquiring of the Lord. You say, I'll do it. I got it. I'll put the hours in. I'll do all, all this stuff. And I'm not saying you don't put in the hard work. I'm not saying you don't, you, you're not dedicated to the dream. But what I'm saying is that are you relying on the Lord to help you to get it done? Because you'll just be all, you will always be just reaching for the wind. 
and never grabbing hold of what God has for you. I've learned when things don't go right in my life, when things don't make sense, when A doesn't line up to B and B doesn't line up to C, I need to stop and look around to make sure that my vision is where it needs to be. Because if your vision is off, your life will be off. Now, here I am walking around with glasses thinking I'm fine. I can see great. Yeah, I can see everything fine until I got a new pair. I'm like, oh, my God, what, what was I doing before? And I just, that, that's just like when you give your life to Jesus. You'd be like, I thought I was living life, but when Christ came into my life, what was I doing before? Because he makes the difference in your life. And he makes the difference in the vision that he has for you. So I'm going to give you three thoughts on vision, and I'm going to get out your way this morning. Can I do that this morning? Can I give you three thoughts on vision? Okay, so he, here's the first one. Here's the first one. First thought is, oftentimes vision is birth from a burden that God has put within your heart. Let me, give, let, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So, when I was younger, I always had a hunger or, or a passion for technology. I love computers. I, I, I just did. I love computers. And so, at our home church in, um, in, 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 in New York City at Bethel Gospel um, Assembly, I noticed that the flyers that they were put out for the youth ministry were horrible. I'm talking about like someone, on like grandma was on a typewriter going peck, 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 peck. And I was like, the church is supposed to reach out to other young people with handwritten flyers? That's, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. And so I had a but I said, well, look. I'll create a fly for the church, so I got on my word and got on my graphics and began to do my stuff, and I became the person that did the flies for the ministry. Why? It was something that irked me really bad. God will use things that irk you to begin to speak to your vision. Sometimes you come to a church, I remember Sister Yo years ago, she's like, what's going on with the food, man? Why? Is this looking like this? Come on, this is supposed to be a church. We're supposed to give God our best. Why? We're just throwing stuff on snack tables. What's up? It was a burden. But it was also the vision that God gave her, amen, to, be, to start a hospitality ministry. God will burden. You might see something in your community that irks you. You might see something in your family. You might see something. You might, have some, you might see something in your job that bothers you. But it's a part of your vision. You'll see a need somewhere. He's like, man, no one's meeting that need. Can't everybody see that that's a need right there? No, everybody can't see it. Possibly God is tapping your shoulder for you to do something about it. Oftentimes, vision is birthed from a burden. We see this in the book of Nehemiah. Chapter 1, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was minding his own business, but he heard, he heard some bad news, amen, that his hometown got tore up. The walls got burnt down. He was burdened, he was praying, he was fasting until finally the king one day, because Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer, he said, why you look so sad, Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? He said, well, I just heard some bad news about what happened, you know, back in my hometown, the walls got burnt down. And so he said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, well, I would like to go back to rebuild the walls, and the king gave permission to do that. The thing that burdened him became his vision, became his vision. So there might be some things that are burdening your heart. Could it be that's part of the vision for your life? Could it be you're stumbling upon something 
that you never thought you'd be able to do or not even thought maybe it's a career or a path you never thought you would walk into? I was with Pastor Vernon yesterday. She said, honey, she said, I went to school to become a teacher. I just wanted to, I just wanted to become a teacher. That's, I just wanted to teach. Just teach. Teach and retire at 55 and just teach. That's all. I don't want to do nothing else. I just wanted to teach. But she said, God has set me up in such a place that I got so irked at the disorganization in the schools that I work for that he began to put a burden on my heart to become a principal. And she said, I never in a million years thought I would become a principal. I never thought I would even go back to school to get a master's degree to become a principal. And she's just one class away from that master's degree from becoming a principal. But what God does is he puts a burden on your heart. You think you're going there for one reason, but God has a totally different purpose for your life. God will oftentimes use vision, or oftentimes vision is birthed from a burden. I call it being blessed with a burden. Uh-huh, being blessed with a burden. Thought number two. Vision will cause you to leave the familiar. Ah, oh, this is a hard one. Help me, Jesus, today. Uh-huh. Because when God gives you vision, everybody's not going to receive that vision. Y'all remember Joseph? Oh, I had a vision. And y'all was bowing down to me. And they said, what? I mean, even his father was like, okay, calm down. Don't, don't, I don't know about that. But didn't God do it? Did it? See, when God gives you a vision, you, and this is the lesson from Joseph, you can always share your vision with people. I might be able to share little details here and there, but you can't share it all. Everybody can't handle the whole thing. When I told, when, when, when I begin to, when God began to tell me that I'm calling you to be a pastor, I said, oh, Jesus, who do I tell? And me, my big mouth, God called me to be a pastor. And people's like, all right, brother Arthur, that's nice. All right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yes, in God's time. Mm-hmm. That's good. And it was some other people said, well, I'll be praying for you. That was a proper response. I'll be praying for you because I know the responsibility that God has given. When God gives you something, everybody's not going to be in agreement. And so what, what, one of the things that you, 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 you have to, to learn is ask God who to, who to allow you to share your vision with. I call them vision partners. There's some people who are my vision partners. When God begins to speak some stuff, I can go to them and I can say, hey, this is what God is showing me. And they're going to look at me cock-eyed like something wrong with me. They'll be like, well, I'll be praying for you. I'm going to stand in a gap for you. I'm going to stand with you in prayer. Vision will cause you to leave the familiar. We see this in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, with Abraham. God tells Abraham, I want you to get up and go to a place where God knows it's not. Now, check this out. God didn't say where the destination was. He just said, I just want you to get up out of here. And there will be times when God will ask you to do things that do not make sense. But he just wants you to trust him. Vision is all about the journey, the conquest. It's all about what you will learn on the route of getting to your destination. And God was teaching Abraham, I want you to trust me. But in order for me to, in order for me to bless, in order for you to walk in the vision that I have for your life, you have to be willing to leave the familiar. 
That's when most of us get stuck because we don't want to go to the unknown. I like to be in control of my environment. I don't want anything messing up my environment, my comfort zone. But when God gives you a vision, he calls you to come out of your comfort zone. As a matter of fact, you have to give up some stuff. To live your life for Jesus, there's some stuff you have to give up. There's some sacrifices you're going to have to make. You might, you might say, Pastor, what's your reason behind that? Jesus was the ultimate. He gave up his whole life. Who are we not to give our whole lives for him? And when God gives you a, a, a vision, you have to be willing to step away from the familiar. That means certain clicks you, 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 you hang with. You might not be able to hang with them clicks no more. When God has called you to be an eagle, you cannot hang around pigeons. Maybe you thought you was a pigeon. Clucking around. But God says you're an eagle. And it's time for you to fly. See, what pigeons do, they just flap. They can fly, but they flap. And they fly for short distances. <laughs> but an eagle soars and he can soar against the wind and he can soar to high places and he can soar for an extended period of time and when God begins to call you out when God be, be, begins to give you vision you can't walk around the same people you, you've been hanging with because they don't think you speak in another language they don't think you strange as a matter of fact they'll probably start hating on you they say, oh, you think you something now. Oh, you oh, you serving God now. You think you're spiritual now. You think there's something oh, different about you now. And I'll be like, that's what y'all think. I'm going to keep serving God. You have to be willing to leave the familiar. I have to be willing to leave the familiar. When Abraham set on his journey, he had Lot with him. Lot was walking with him. Uh-huh. But it got to a place where, you know what? And, and that's why Lot got in trouble. Because remember, Lot went down to Simon and Gomorrah. Right? And so Abraham had to go there and help Lot to get out of Simon and Gomorrah too. Okay? But with Lot and, 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 and Abraham, they got to a place where they couldn't walk together no more. They were fighting in the mist. Lot is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. But he couldn't walk along. There's sometimes where God would cut people off from you. Even family, that was his cousin. Even relatives. Because what he has for you to do, the vision he has for your life to do, he doesn't want anyone to get in the way of it. See, so you have to understand, when you walk in your vision, you are a trailblazer. You are pioneering. You're doing something that no one else has ever done before in your life, in your family's life. You're doing something great. You're doing something new. So that means that when you're a trailblazer, you're the guinea pig. You're like the first one going out there for it. And you want to put yourself in the line because you know what God has spoken to you. The great thing about Abraham, he got to a place where he walked in. And, and, and the scripture says in, he, in, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, verse 6 and 7, says Abraham traveled through the land. As far as the sight could see from the great tree of Morah at Shechem and at the time of the Canaanites were in the land. But the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, this to your offspring, I will give this land. So the Bible said he built an altar because the Lord appeared to him there. He was already in the promise. 
He was already in it. And some of you are so close to your vision, so close to, to crossing the threshold, you don't even know it. And I'm here to encourage you today to say, don't give up on the dream that God has put within your heart. And if you say, well, Pastor, I don't even know what the dream is, then this is the time for you to pray. This is time for you to pray and say, Lord, open up my eyes. This is time for you to do some self-introspection like we did and say, God, give me your vision for my life. And if, you don't, and if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't have no vision. You need to get saved first. You need to let him be the, the, the captain of your ship. You need to let him be the driver of this thing called life. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're missing the whole point. It starts by putting faith in him and in him alone. Now, when you have vision, these are some of the things that you're going to deal with. These are some of the challenges that people face when they have vision. First of all, you deal with isolation because you feel like people don't really understand what God has put in my heart. People don't really understand my dream. It just seems so crazy, so far-fetched. You'll deal with isolation. Um, you, you would deal with people who are jealous. And envious of you. Those are who I call the haters. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones who smile in your face. Your, you know, your frenemies. You know, they're enemies, but they act like they're your friends. Your frenemies. You know, you got them on Facebook, you know. Uh -huh. You know the one that you put the post about what you're going to do, but they don't click like, but you show that they viewed it anyway, but they just ignore what you just said. And you, you know, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. The frenemies. You know, they ain't really your friends on Facebook anyway. Don't get tricked. I got 500 friends. No, you don't even got that many. Don't, don't, don't be deceived by that. Half them people you don't even know. And half them people lying on Facebook. Taking a selfie to look like they're a million bucks and they're broke in poverty. Come on now. I was speaking to a married couple the other day. And they said, oh yeah, we were on the verge of just calling it quits. I was like, what? I said, but you just took a picture. Y'all was just, oh my God, you was just, you was beaming and show. And I said, oh, everybody lying on Facebook. Like Lord, lying Facebook. That's why I call lying Facebook. I said, Lord Jesus, I don't, I don't, don't get caught up in them lies, and don't stop comparing yourself to people. That well, look what they do with their husband, honey. Look, look, she took him out. See, he took. Don't, 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 don't get all that stuff, because you, you, you know what their demons are. You know what their issues are. Work on your own stuff. Work on your own salvation. With fear trembling. So you would deal with people who are jealous, who are envious. When God gives you vision, right? You also deal with setbacks. You would have those. Abraham was, Abraham was on his way to the promised land. A famine hit the land, the Bible says. Read Genesis 12. He had to go to Egypt to get some food. You would deal with setbacks. There will be setbacks. But you cannot allow your setbacks to stop you from going after the dream that God had. Life happens. Life, ha I know. I'm living it. Life happens. You can be prepared for one thing one minute and then a shift happens. Then what are you going to do? When shift happens, you have to shift with God. And you have to trust him. And you still have to go after your dream. I told my wife, I said, this is still our sweet 16. Hey, this is still our sweet 16. And I said, I can declare it because I know it to be true. Might have suffered a loss, 
might have suffered a setback, but it's still our sweet. It's still sweet. It's still sweet. It's still sweet. And, and, and see, you have to know that when stuff comes your way, that even doesn't make any sense, you still have to trust God. I said, there are two things you can do with stuff when life goes crazy. You get depressed and go, woe is me. Forget God. And that's it. No, that's what the devil wants you to do. And just wallow in depression. Or say, you get up and say, the, the Lord giveth, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And keep it moving. And still believe God. And that's what God wants us to do as believers. And still believe him. No matter what, no matter what setbacks might come your way. You, you don't know what God is doing behind us. You don't know why he allows certain things to happen. But you have to trust him. If he says that all things work together for your good. Even this bad situation is working together for your good. Well, she left me. This happened. That happened. I'm divorced. I lost the baby. I this, I this, and that, and that, and that, and that. All things work together. You might not be able to see it in the moment, but you have to know that all things work together for the good. It's a testimony God's going to bring out of that thing. And you have to trust him. And when you have vision, though you might hit a little bump in the road, though you might hit a little pothole, you have to keep going. And what we did when we hit a, 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 a bump in the road, you know, sometimes we drive a car, you, you hit too many potholes, your alignment goes off. So you have to go and get repaired and get straightened back out again and keep on, and keep on going. And that's what I'm saying for some of you today. Some of you, you've hit so many potholes. You're all driving this way. You should be driving that way. And God is just saying, I want to realign you this morning. I want you to trust me. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your dream. Challenges with having a vision, they're impractical. They don't make sense. Some things are just left up to the Lord, but you have to prepare yourself for what God want to do. If I'm saying, Lord, and I'm a farmer and I'm preparing for a harvest, I got to till the soil. I got to prepare for the rain. I can't say I'll wait for the rain to come, then I'll plant some seed. No, you missed, you missed your moment. But the act of faith is you saying, Lord, I'm in plenty of seeds in the ground. I'm tilling this soil. So when it does rain, I'll get my harvest. Sometimes we try to be forgot to make the first step. But God said, no, 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 no. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Well, until God does A, B, and C, God is not that. God is not our genie. God is not Burger King. We cannot have it our way. Okay? He's not Burger King. Okay? We cannot have it our way. He's been, he's been God before you even existed. It will be God long after you're gone. So who are you to change God? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And if we're going to serve him, we've got to follow him the way he said for us to follow him and to serve him. Amen? There, 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 there's no sneak by or oh, I have a little special relationship. I got a little in with the Lord. No, there's no, you got no in with the Lord. I got a little in, you know, I make my little call, I do my little prayer, you know, we, 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 we get around. The devil is a liar. We all have to come through the foot of the cross. And the last challenge that you have with, with, with having a, a vision is failures. Failures. And this gets a lot of people. Because you have people who have 
fear of failure. So they fail one time or two times or even three times and they give up. See, every time you fail, it should be a lesson for you. I, lo I love the book by John Maxwell called Failing Forward. Why do we fail forward? Because every time you fail, you should learn something. What went wrong? What caused the failure? Not sit there to pray, oh, see, I told you what's going to happen. That means you didn't have no faith from the get-go. I know people who try to start business ventures two and three times and went flopped. And they can easily say, you know what, I did this thing three times, forget it, it's over. But they pushed that fourth time and now they're millionaires. See, the problem is we give up so easy, especially as Christians. When something gets thrown our way or a trial comes, comes our way, we're so quick to give up. But God wants us to push past the failures. Some of us have a fear of success. So what we do, we self-sabotage ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's a spirit too. We don't know how to handle success because your mother knows how to handle success. Anytime you get money in your pocket, you got to spend it so you're always broke. Spend it on frivolous stuff because you don't know how to save. So how can, you, how can you expect to God to bless you with a house and a car and all these other things and you can't even save money? Oh, Lord, it's quiet in here. The amen went out the window, Jesus. But this is what God is trying to challenge us today. He, he, he wants us to leave the familiar to trust him. And my final thought on vision is vision is fulfilled by obeying God's commandments. If God has called you and told you to do something, Obedience is the key. There's a wonderful hymn my grandmother used to sing, and the hymn just basically said, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy with Jesus but to trust and obey. If you want to see God's promises fulfilled in your life, if you want to see the vision that he's given, you have to trust and obey him. Half obedience is still disobedience. If I tell you to go turn off the light and walk around the corner, then walk through the front door, but you just turn off the light, but you don't walk around the corner and you don't go through the front door, that's still disobedience. Half obedience is still disobedience. Whatever God tells you to do in this season, just do it. Just do it. And see, that's the fight that goes on within us of that carnal nature, that old man. That person before Christ, it fights us because the flesh wants what it wants. But if you want what God wants, you have to deny yourself, the Bible says. Pick up your cross daily and follow him. God wants us to trust him this morning. He wants us to obey him this morning. When I think about someone who failed to obey God's commandments, I think about Samson. Here's Samson, this mighty man of God, strong, ripping lines apart. But he did not stay true to the commandments that God gave him. He was a Nazarite. He wasn't supposed to cut his hair. He wasn't supposed to touch dead things. But he did that. And so his half obedience was disobedience to the sheer fact that he fell in the lap of Delilah. And Delilah cut his hair. And when his hair got cut, he lost his strength. And because his hair got cut, he lost his vision. 
Will you allow your hair to get cut? You lose your vision. <laughs> he compromised God's truth. Will you compromise God's truth? You will lose your vision. And that's exactly what happened to him physically, but yet spiritually. And some of us are, 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 are like that Samson this morning. God has given us a command. He is anointed. You and Samson was anointed. I mean, the type of strength that he had was ridiculous. No one had that type of strength. Only God could have done what he, what, what, what he did through Samson. But he compromised the truth. If you want to see God's vision happening in your life, you want to see the promises of God be fulfilled in your life, you cannot compromise God's truth. You cannot compromise God's truth. You have to trust God and obey his commandments. And this is where some of us get stuck as well. God has said, I want A, B, C. I don't know about C, Lord. I'll do A and B, though. No, we have to give God the whole enchilada. We have to be willing to give everything to the Lord. God has a vision for your life today. The question is, do you know what that vision is? If you don't know what that vision is, it's time to seek God to find out what that vision is. Is it just to wake up every Monday morning? Come out of bed, shower, get dressed, go to work, go to school, play on your, on your cell phone, pay Candy Crush, or now everybody's playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> getting killed and getting bruised. I mean, I, I saw a video of them in Central Park, hundreds of people in Central Park late at night trying to get a demon. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Is it just for us to live that type of life? Or is there more for you? And see, when there's more for you, you got to fight for the more. I tell one sister, I said, look, when God gives you a vision and promise for your life, you got to bite down on it. The problem is someone's bite down like we're chewing a sandwich. We just... You better bite down on, on, on that vision like, like an alligator. You better lock jaw what God has given you. You cannot be passive about the promises of God. If God has given you a promise, you better take that promise and hold God to his word. God wants us to hold him to his word. When stuff stops coming, you got to say, Lord, I'm holding on to your word. I'm holding on to your promise. I'm not going to give up. Though I might have a setback, though I might fail, though mistakes might have come, I'm not giving up. Oh, this went wrong. Oh, that went wrong. The devil is a liar. Sometimes you have to be so tenacious about your life. You have to have a spirit of resiliency. You have to be resilient when it comes to your dream. You can't just be passive and just say, well, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. It ain't going to happen. You're going to still be in the same place you were six months ago, 12 months ago. Five years ago. Some of you 25 years ago. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking will get us nowhere. Well, you know, hopefully it'll get better. No, 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 no. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get better? I was praying with somebody that was praying about their job situation. And I said, well, Lord, whatever your will is for my job, just have your way. And my spirit got grieved. And I heard the Holy Spirit quickly say, 
I tell that person, what do they want? What do they will for the job? What do they want? What's the dream in their heart? Because we'll say, well, we, we get lazy that pray, Lord, whatever your will is, just let it happen. No, 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 no. Tell God what you want. Tell God what you want. Oh, whatever, ever, ever. We're lazy in our prayers. Tell God what, speak your heart. Pour out your heart before God. Pour out your complaint. Bring your request, your petition to the Lord. Go, wherever, 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 wherever you want, God, wherever you want. And I said, we don't pray the will of God. But you know the desire that God has put in you. Speak that desire to the Lord. When God has given you a dream, you have it in front of you every day. When you're in college, you say, I'm going to this college because I'm getting a degree. I'm getting a degree so I can have a career. I'm getting a career so I can make some money. I can make a lot for myself and I can build wealth. You have a vision. It seems like after college, for some of us or some of us who didn't even go to college, we have no vision for our life. And God wants you to have a vision today. God wants you to have the vision. I close by saying this. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. The prophet Habakkuk was given a word. And the Lord answered him and said, Write the vision. Make it plain. That he may run that, read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry. And this is where we get lost there. In the tarrying. The tarrying is the waiting. And you say, well, Lord, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. It's just getting too long. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few months. It's been a few minutes. It's been a few hours. I'm tired of waiting. But does it stop there? It says, wait for it. Wait on the Lord and be a good courage. He shall strengthen our heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, wait for it. Why? Because it will surely come. Not just it will come. It will surely come. God wants us to be resilient. If God has given you a prophet for 2016, don't give up because it's July. I ain't giving up. Just because shift happens in your life, this a shifting does not mean you give up on God. Doesn't mean you stop or you slow down your passion or you just begin to walk what God is telling you to run. It's time for you to press forward, church. It's time for us all to press forward this morning. He has given us vision. Seeing is believing. I'm not talking about sight from your eyes. I'm talking about the vision in your heart. And if you don't have one, God wants to give it to you. Or if you like me, think you were fine, and then you had to put on some new glasses and realize, oh my God, what have I been seeing? My vision has been off. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. I'm actually all heads to be bowed at this time. If you know that God is speaking to your heart this morning as it relates to vision, you receive the word. You have a prophecy over your life. You, 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 you have a dream. You have a desire. Something that's been cooking in your heart for such a long time. But you're yet to see the manifestation of it. But you know God has given you that dream. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't want you to give up 
on God this morning. I want you to trust him this morning. And if you know that this word is, is your word, it, it bears witness because you believe in God. You might not know the how. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the how. He'll give you the how. But you have to start by trusting what he said. See, God is a God is a, God is a step by step God. He doesn't give you the full picture all at once. He just wants a yes first, and then He walks you through the process to the promise. And if you're saying, Pastor, that's me this morning, and you want prayer this morning, I just want you to stand wherever you are, so we can pray with me this morning. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads, church, and pray. Father in heaven, I come before you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for those souls that are standing this morning, Lord God. Father, you know the dream. You know the vision that you place within their hearts, Holy Spirit. And I'm asking right now, God, that you will minister life to them. I'm asking that you would strengthen them. I'm asking that you would renew their hope today. I'm asking that you would renew their mind today with joy and peace, Lord God. That no matter what the setback, what the shifting has been in their lives, Lord God, they will not lose balance, Lord. As a matter of fact, Lord God, I pray that you will realign them the way we do a car that gets out of alignment with the potholes on the road of life. Lord, realign them right now, Holy Spirit. Align them in the name of Jesus to the vision, to the dream, to the calling, to the purpose that you have in our lives this morning, God. Father God, we know that this is not an easy road, this thing called life. Life has pop-ups and surprises, but you are the God of the real life. And in real life circumstances, and in real life situations, you are there to help us to make it through. And so we ask for your help, we ask for your strength, we ask for your wisdom today as we go forth in the name of Jesus. So Father, now cover them, them afresh, and I pray for renewed vision for their lives, oh God. That they do not waste another moment, they do not waste another hour, they do not waste another day, but they know exactly what they need to do. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord.